We began this sermon series with the fourth commandment, honor thy father and mother. The question of authority and obedience to legitimate authority, as we've seen, is not an easy one. There are many out there who say that we must obey our lawful superiors in absolutely everything that does not entail mortal sin. And there are certainly stories of the saints which bear this out. One of the most beloved saints of modern times is Padre Pio. Padre Pio was a stigmatist, an Italian Capuchin priest who bore the wounds of our Lord in his own flesh and could read souls in the confessional. Now, if you read about his life, you realize that he was actually a bit of a cantankerous man at times, who would yell at people in the confessional and refuse them absolution until they got their head of where the sun doesn't shine, right? You read about some of the things that he did, and I thought, my God, if I did the same thing, I would end up on the evening news, right? But of course, I'm no Padre Pio either, as you well know. His superiors thought he was a fraud and a nutcase. Someone in the Vatican actually ordered listening devices to be put in his cell, and he was forbidden from saying Mass in public or giving spiritual direction. God's will be done. The will of my superiors is the will of God, was his response. He heard the same words that we heard in the gospel of our Lord, blessed are the persecuted. For almost 13 years, he was silenced and in great humility acquiesced. But not all of the saints were so quiet when faced with unjust treatment at the hand of their superiors. You might not be surprised to hear this, but one of my all-time favorite saints is St. Joan of Arc. St. Joan of Arc was burned at the stake as a heretic when bishops staged a show trial for political reasons. She died in 1431, and you know it wasn't until 1920 that the church recognized her holiness. The Catholic Church is a very slow church, right? We know this, and that's a great example. We'll come back to her later. St. Mary MacKillop, the first Australian to be declared a saint in 2010, founded a religious order in 1866 to educate girls, care for orphans, the poor, and the sick. MacKillop was marvelously successful in this endeavor, but the Bishop of Brisbane tried to take over control of all the sisters' schools. MacKillop was acting in accord with the Catholic social teaching of subsidiarity, which teaches that decisions should be made at the local level as much as possible. But the bishop felt that every Catholic school needed to be directly under his command. The bishop retaliated 
by trying to force her to change the rule of the order in such a way that would actually make them homeless. If MacKillop said yes in order to obey the bishop, she would literally be endangering the life and health of the nuns who were her charge. When she refused, because the higher law of justice and charity outweighed disobedience to a bishop who was out of control and claiming rights he did not have, Sheil excommunicated the poor woman and all of her nuns and forced the closure of the schools. A Jewish merchant put her up until apparently on his deathbed the bishop called for the nun to absolve her from an excommunication which was nothing more than a spiteful revenge tactic in the first place. In 1909, when she died, Cardinal Moran, the Archbishop of Sydney, was in tears and said, I was just at the deathbed of a saint. St. Thomas Aquinas loved his parents, but when he confided in them that he wanted to be a priest, they hired a woman of the night to sneak into his room and tempt him away from his desire to serve God as a celibate. He ran the woman out with a hot poker from the fireplace. So just when you think your family is dysfunctional, just remember even the saints sometimes come from super messed up families. St. Thomas's parents then changed tactic and said that they would be okay with his becoming a priest, but not in the ragtag newfangled order of preachers he was so fond of. They schemed to buy the position of abbot of Monte Cassino, the most powerful Benedictine abbot in the world at the time, for him. St. Thomas was forced to run away from his own parents, who were willing to commit simony and fraud so that they could use their own son to fleece the material riches of a monastery that were used for the poor and for education. Small wonder, then, that as he writes of obedience, he instructs young men and women, even if their parents stretch themselves out over the threshold of the door of their house to block their way out of the door so that they can join a monastery or convent, to step on their parents on their way out the door. So what does all this mean? Padre Pio chose to make a heroic act of mortification by submitting to an unjust decree because of his abiding trust in the providence of God. He knew that truth and justice and love always went out in the end, even if it doesn't seem so at the time. But it does have to be said that his attitude towards religious obedience also may seem quite extreme today, and was very much an attitude of the time. St. Joan of Arc valiantly defended herself by simply stating the facts as they were to her superiors, but it didn't make any difference for her earthly life. 
she who is the glory of Catholic France. St. Mary MacKillop flat out refused to obey an unjust edict of a bishop who had descended into lunacy. And St. Thomas Aquinas taught by his own life the hierarchy of values necessary to gauge when one is to obey and how. Padre Pio's silencing affected really only himself, and so he took it as a participation in the suffering of Christ. St. Joan of Arc's sham trial affected, in a certain way, only herself, but even before the flames, she was not going to betray the truth, no matter what the bishops wanted her to do. St. Mary MacKillop realized that where obedience conflicted with justice and charity, not just for herself but for others, she had to follow that higher law of love even when she was excommunicated for it. St. Thomas Aquinas shows how a call from God is higher than any earthly law. Now, all four were completely different, right? Different personalities, different situations, of course, as well, but also very different responses to what was being inflicted upon them. All became sanctified because of how they chose to render to God what was His due and what was due to others their due. They didn't all do the same thing in the same way, which shows how God respects even the freedom of the saints to legitimate self-defense and resistance to injustice or frustration of the divine will. And that is why we have no right to demand that Mary MacKillop do the same as Padre Pio, or Padre Pio do the same as Joan of Arc. We are called to imitate the virtues of the saints. That doesn't mean that we have to do exactly as they did, because we are not they, and God's call may be different for us. The point is this. At some time in our lives, we are going to be misunderstood or flatly lied about. We are going to be in conflict even with people that we love and respect and with people that we really want to get along with. How we respond to those situations is going to depend on how the Lord wants to forge our holiness in the crucible of suffering. And He does so even on the personality the good Lord gave us.